0: Surrepture. Surrender, Jack, oh, Jack, no, oh, no. or by thunder we'll burn the city to the ground. You shuttles, Captain! Don't sleep
1: through the visitors! We oh, no. They need a bit of
0: Destiny now lies beyond the gates of doom. Hello and welcome you're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox.
1: And I'm Kyle Skinner.
0: And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at Mouse Madness Pod, send us an email at MouseMadness Podcast at gmail.com, or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang patreon.com slash mouse madness kyle i'm back
1: yeah welcome uh, back uh sorry i had to take <laughs> over for a second there
0: uh i just want to say thank you uh for you know pinch hitting for a week on your own <laughs> uh it's it's a crazy time of life for both of us right now but uh for me especially um but i know you know flying solo is is less fun you know than being here together with each other. So of I'm, I'm happy we're back, but I loved your Q and did listen to it. It passed the Bay bridge test. It was super <laughs> funny. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just forget everything you said about your top five Disney rappers. Uh, I'm just going to delete yep. that from my brain. Uh, Feel free. If you are listening to this episode and you did not listen to Kyle's listener mailbag, Q and a solo app from last week, check it out. Cause it's a super fun. Listen, super fun. Kind of, change up from, from what we normally put out on our main feed. So, uh, it was great. And it's also sort of like a little sneak peek, little taste of what we do over on Patreon. Uh, we put out two episodes a month that are a lot like that, a lot more conversational, chiller, less structure. Uh, so I thought, I thought it was great. So thanks for handling that again.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. Very fun.
0: And, um, you know, not to Tell everyone how the sausage is made. Too much, Kyle. We have a we have a range of preparation we do for these these bracket episodes. Totally. Sometimes sometimes these are ideas we've had for months. Uh, sometimes these are ideas that we research for weeks and weeks. Sometimes months, depending on the topic. And then there are brackets that we just sort of like fall into. <laughs> and and this is one of them. This is an idea that struck me maybe while I was driving or something. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we haven't done this before. And Seriously. I can't wait to break it down.
1: Yeah. It is the best Disneyland attraction effect bracket, which, yeah, we've done so many parks brackets. We've done so many attraction brackets, but we've never talked about some of our favorite effects in these which is what disney is very very well known for they're known for these immersive experiences and these high-tech effects uh, and really changing the game of what it is to be an amusement park Uh, and we also you know talk a lot about these kind of effects in these in these rides smooth segue in in our trivia nights which we have coming up this upcoming sunday september 17th at 7 p.m we are doing jerry's gang trivia virtual trivia over Zoom. Uh, And so if you want in, uh, you want to take down some of our past winners. We've had a handful of winners at this point now. Uh, Beauty and the niece have not shown up for the last one. So they were dethroned (laughs) in our last Jerry's Gang trivia. Uh, But if you want to join, join us on Patreon at the $5 level. You can get access to that trivia night. And if you're like, okay, well, I don't really want to wait for the next one to come around, which will probably be in the new year, to be honest, Uh, then cancel. We don't care. Join us again when the trivia shows back up. Uh, Five bucks. That's all it is. You get the Zoom link. You hop in. We've got prizes for first, second, and third place. And they are straight from the parks, baby. We got some park stuff.
0: The, the grand prize is worth like 30 bucks, so, so you could potentially be making money come if on. you come join our Patreon <laughs> trivia event. Flip it. I don't care. Just yeah. flip the prize, okay? It's, it's a great time. It's super fun, super
1: worth it. So join us Sunday, this Sunday, September 17th at 7 p.m. Uh, join Jerry's gang. You'll get the link. All right. Let's start talking about these attractions, and we can't do so without a guest host. And so we have returning for a second roundabout here. On Mouse Madness, it's Nicola. Nicola, welcome back to Mouse Madness.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a while. The last one you were on, where the first and last one you were on, was the, what, best love story bracket?
2: Yes. It was the perfect time because it was around Valentine's Day. So
1: exactly.
2: I got to talk about my favorite Disney loves.
1: <laughs> exactly. And actually, you're perfect for this bracket as well, uh, the best Disneyland attraction effect because you happen to have a connection to someone who works on these attractions at the park.
2: Yeah, I have an uncle um, who works at Disneyland and um, does the mechanical engineering and fixes the rides. I don't know his official title. He told me one time and I was just probably starstruck when he told me. (laughs) So yeah, uh, he does that at Disneyland, which is super exciting and it makes my fandom and my Disney adult even more than more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Then yes, you are going to provide some pretty valuable insight to this bracket and even better opinions uh, because it is in your blood. These Disneyland effects are in your blood. So we're excited to have you back uh, for another go around on Mouse Madness. Chris, let's jump in. We need a drink. We need a spoonful of sugar to kick this thing off. What do you got? So so just a, just a little check in.
0: Okay. okay. We, we did a little Disney resolutions earlier this year, and I basically said I, I don't make real New Year's resolutions, but then I backtracked <laughs> it a little bit and I was like, I'll make a New Year's resolution. I want to run more this year than I did in 2022, and I'm happy to say I accomplished that. Congratulations! This week, uh, more mileage out there on the Iron Horse Trail in, in the East Bay uh, than in than in 2022. So I'm in my runner bag right now, which is which is awesome because October is like the best month for running, as I always say. And and I'm feeling good <laughs> headed into October, ready to ready to eat some miles for breakfast, baby. Oh, let's go. Oh, let's um, go. Um, so so I'm the model of health right now, basically. Kay. Um, and as we, we keep talking about, we're heading to Disney world soon. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm working on that Disney bod working on that, that volcano Bay physique. Mm. And so, uh, not drinking alcohol right now, but exciting news for all of my diet soda drinkers out there. Mm. Um, pepsi's got new cans gang Uh, so uh, i'm drinking a little diet pepsi and uh it's they got new artwork on these bad boys come on okay we're going retro a little little bit huh? throwback vibe uh tastes the same but the can hits so much harder so exciting news drinking this diet pepsi and some water to rehydrate myself after a little run Uh, but all in all feeling good feeling good what about
1: you well, I am not going to any water parks on our Disney trip, so I can drink and I'm going to drink. And one of my resolutions during that episode was I'm going to make more drinks at home. I'm going to dip into the bartending game a little bit more. And I'm happy to say that I've done it yet again and I have failed yet again. Uh, I in the, in the solo episode, I got a question that was like, what are your favorite Disney drinks? And one of them was a hippopotamai tie from Trader Sam's. And I was like, I'm going to just make that. I know I got the stuff. So I looked up the recipe, boom, mm, all the stuff looks like I have in my cabinet. Uh, went to look in my cabinet. I don't have all this stuff. So what I ended up making was just a pretty typical Mai Tai. Uh, so a hippopotamai Tai is an ounce of lime juice, an ounce of dark rum, an ounce of light rum, half an ounce of orange curacao, half an ounce of agave nectar, and then half an ounce of orgy almond syrup. I didn't have the light rum that I thought I did. And I didn't have the agave syrup that I thought I did. So I used two different types of dark rum. I used a spiced dark rum and just a normal dark rum. And then I substituted the agave nectar for simple syrup. It's just like a double, you know, Mai Tai uh, that I broke back out my uh, spoonful of sugar mug for. So I'm sipping on my version, I guess, of the hippopot- hippopotamai Tai, parentheses, Kyle's version. All right, Nicola, what'd you got?
2: I wish I had the ingredients to make my favorite Disneyland drink. However, I also haven't tried it because it recently came out. If you looked at Carol Bell's ice cream in DCA, they have a hard cider like float. And I followed this TikToker and there's like a new drink. And I was like, that seems right up my alley. (laughs) Um, And the other one at DCA is the watermelon margarita. If you haven't had it at Bayside Brews, best drink. It's only in the summer. But since we're in Q3 and Q4 at my job full time and it's busy, we are drinking wine. I'm going to have red wine tonight.
1: Yeah, Just a cab. Yes. it's Red wine season is a quickly approaching here in the Skinner household. So, and I'm very happy. That weather needs to cool down just a tad more. And I'm going to be diving into some of those reds for sure. All right, Chris. Drinks are in hand, baby. Let's talk about the demographic that we surveyed to get this field of 16 best Disneyland effects. And luckily uh, we had a same day demographic survey because Mm. the day we're recording is the day that Tiana's place in Disneyland opened up Mm. and we were able to have some restaurateurs sit Mm. at the tables and indulge in the gumbo indulge in the beignets served by Tiana herself at Disneyland. So we had our interns stock them, stock the tables, table to table, Hey, while you're enjoying that delicious beignet, what do you think is the best effect here at this park uh, and any of the attractions at Disneyland specific? And we got a ton. Obviously, Disney is well known for this, but some did not make the dance. So, Chris, what are a couple for you?
0: I mean, I like I don't uh, it's I hate making proclamations like this, but Mm. this feels like one of the most balanced brackets that we've had. Yeah. And you and me kept texting each other on the side be like, oh, what about what about this? What about this one the gumbo mm-hmm. eaters forgot? What about this one the gumbo eaters forgot? So, so the list can go on and on. Cause like you said to lead things off, Disney's known for these attraction effects. Like this is this is the Disney parks going experience. There's tons of them and they're all great for different reasons. So it's like you can, you can come up with dozens of missed the dance ones, but for the the ones that stood out to me most were the hitchhiking ghosts. Obviously the haunted mansion is loaded with various attraction effects, several of which we will talk about on this bracket. The hitchhiking ghosts are one of those ones that they updated and it got worse than mm. it was. It What was a quaint sort of creepy effect in the past becomes this like goofy over the top thing that I don't really like. Sure. Uh, so I'm fine with it missing the dance. Cause I would probably just spend 10 minutes bashing it. <laughs> um, the other one is a, is a very deep cut and it's one that's so like stupid but it's the enchanted fountain effect in the enchanted tiki room. When the mm. little little water jet stream tube like goes up and touches the ceiling and then it yeah. comes back down again and the fountain comes down. I don't know why that always brings me so much joy, yeah. and I'm never really sure exactly how they do it. I'm like, mm. is it like a clear plastic tube that's going up and down, and then like the water co- comes out the top, or is it, or are they just blast in some super strong water?
1: <laughs> they got strong streams in the enchanted tea uh, room, baby. Yeah,
0: it, it's just it's it's one of those things. It's just like man. It's, a, it's one of those simple pleasures in, in life that for all of the screens, little tiny illusions like that will, will always bring me joy. Uh, so that one definitely stood out to me as well. How about a couple of Miss the Dance effects for you?
1: Yeah, the first one is the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad explosion. When you go up that, what, second left hill on the coaster, when they updated it and what I'm going to assume was 2015, because that's when they updated a lot of these things. Uh, They added the spark from the TNT uh, barrels that run up the light lines as you go up the lift hill. And as they run up, they are going towards this kind of like package of dynamite at the top of the hill that then explodes. And when it was new and when it works, it's incredible. They essentially just blast like a fog machine and then project fire effects onto that fog And it looks so good. So good. The only thing is, it is that it rarely works now. (laughs) Like sometimes you don't get the fog, you just get the explosion. And when you do, you just see like this burst of light that doesn't mean anything. So I can see why it doesn't make it. But the first time I experienced that, blew my mind. Insane. And the second one, of course, I got to go over to Pirates of the Caribbean and their new addition to the attraction. Right after you leave kind of the skeleton era of Pirates, you enter the dark cave and what you're learning about the curse and that this cursed treasure ahead and, and you, know, you don't think there's a curse, well, just wait and see. And you have a man who is looking like he has just taken a, a chest of treasure, but he's a skeleton. But as you pass him, the other side of him is human. And that's really the transition of the ride. You're going to see what ended up making them cursed in the first place and it's that they've stolen all this treasure. And that effect is so simple it's just a mirror with two different sides of the figure that reflect and are perfectly symmetrical. So it looks like a, a full human on the other side, but it, it's so believable because it's dark. The use of the reflection is really smart and that's very Disney use of reflection. And we'll dive into that a lot as well. So changing cave pirate. That's my other one. <laughs> Nicola, uh, any effects that did not make this bracket that you think should have made it?
2: This one's going to be a newer attraction. and. Luckily, have gotten to ride it this year. Uh, It's going to be Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad. I highly suggest paying the eighteen dollars and not waiting in line, (laughs) or going right after fireworks and waiting in the line to get to Toontown. I walked in on the ride in less than five minutes. Pro tip: Um, If you want to talk about effects, the whole not to spoil the ride for anyone listening but you are transformed into a cartoon Mm. and then you go through various different experiences and effects. Like I went underwater, I was in a ballroom, you know, you just kind of go through so many different things. Like it literally, you are, you are a cartoon with Mickey and Minnie. And this is why it's now my favorite ride. Mm. Rides of the resistance was my favorite. And now it's Mickey and Minnie's runaway railroad because I am put in as a cartoon like I feel like I'm with Mickey and Minnie going through this experience so yes this is the one that was a miss for me
1: <laughs> I love it I love it awesome uh yeah well that trackless technology that screen technology all of that's coming into play here in this bracket in which it's time to announce <clears throat> that bracket 16 of the greatest Disneyland effects on their attractions cue up that dramatic music and here we go rolling into the one seat is the Indiana Jones boulder from Indiana Jones attraction.
0: Coming in hot at number two, it's the burning village effect from Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Cutting a rug at the three seed is the Haunted Mansion ballroom scene.
0: Zapping into the four spot is the rise of the resistance moving laser cannons.
1: Roaring at the five seed are the Matterhorn Yetis.
0: It ain't over until the
1: number six
0: seed sings. It's the singing busts from the Haunted Mansion.
1: Tempting us all at the seven seed is the Eye of Mara from the Indiana Jones Adventure.
0: Noping out at the number eight spot is the
1: Portable Hole from Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. Causing nightmares at the nine seed is the Snow White Witch transformation from Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Making a splash at number
0: 10 is the pirate ship battle scene from Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Soaring into the 11 seed is the flight over London scene from Peter Pan's Flight.
0: Tip your cap to the number 12 seed. It's the Hatbox Ghost from The Haunted Mansion.
1: Causing panic at the 13 seed is the collapsing bridge from the Indiana Jones Adventure attraction.
0: Dropping into the 14 spot is the drop track from Rise of the Resistance.
1: Going down, down, down at the 15 seed is the submarine dive effect from Finding Nemo's Hotbox Adventure.
0: And coming in at number 16 and rounding out the bracket, storming into the last spot is the Tiki Room Thunderstorm scene. Nicola, we've got 16 effects on here. Are there any that are standing out to you as really favorites?
2: I'm going to say the Boulder at Indiana Jones for sure deserves that number one spot. I have a little backstory when we get to it, if it ever becomes a competitor. Um, but I want to see what the singing busts do. I know they've hmm. transformed and changed. Um, since the original ride, they've changed some things on the effects, so they've like upped it and I really enjoy it. So I want to see where they land. I think they're gonna do well.
0: All right. Well, Kyle, I can go ahead and get things started here uh, yeah. with the number one seed Indiana Jones Boulder versus the number sixteen Tiki Room Thunderstorm. So like I'll just go ahead and just let's let's get it out in the open. Set set the scene. Okay. Tell us how let's it's just, done. Let's just also, spoil
1: alerts. I'm going to spoil all of these effects throughout well, this bracket. So sure. Yeah. Your magic gone.
0: But but let's just, just the th- everyone's thinking it. So I'm just going to say it. Indiana Jones, the effects don't work sometimes. Yes. Okay. And there are certain effects that don't work more than others. And I would yeah. say one of the ones that doesn't work the most is the boulder in Indiana okay. Jones. Okay. <clears throat> Here's the thing though, when it does work, it's really good. It's real And good. there are f- very few effects. Like I don't even think I can think of another one that Disney has come back to the drawing board on it and made a really good effect even better which hmm. is what they did do i don't remember when they made the change but the boulder used to spin kind of in like an unrealistic free spinning <sighs> kind of speed yeah um and then some somewhere probably around 2015 uh, they changed the speed of the boulder to feel more realistic
1: mm-hmm.
0: with um like the speed at which it was coming towards you they matched the rolling of the boulder uh so it makes it really great when it happens and it's all synced up right, it's one of those effects that like, you experience it and you sometimes think to yourself, like, like I know this is supposed to be fake, <laughs> but, but what if somehow yeah. Yeah. this thing actually does fall off whatever contraption that it's on and does yeah. crush me?
1: <laughs> Imagine. The, the, what the thought if,
0: goes through my head.
1: Yeah, what if this time, the car doesn't go, and we break down in the middle of the boulder roll. Does that boulder keep coming at me?
0: And and like that's the other thing that's cool about it is there's this sort of like uh, prelude to it where you have the jeep stop, and and you're kind of like, I mean, what's happening? Something's about yeah. to happen. And so there's like a little there's like a little anticipation. There's a little buildup, and it makes it. So much more fun uh, when it finally happens. But I am not going to lie; um, I some I'm at the point where I laugh out loud when the boulder doesn't work. I'm just like, of course, of course, it doesn't work. Sure, classic, classic indie. Uh, got two rides on indie last time I was at Disney and went over two on the boulder. So, oh man, I think that that may come into play later on but I definitely do like it in this first round. It's going up against the 16 Enchanted Tiki Room Thunderstorm, which is a fun effect, okay? This is a... The timing of it is sort of weird because you have the um, chant. I don't know what the actual name of the song is. Something chant. Uh, You've got the birds. You've got the totem pole guys. You've got Mm -hmm. the little drummers. And it reaches this, like anxious level and all of a sudden uh the lights go out and you get the the thunderstorm yes what's cool is that up until this point i don't know that you really focus at all on the windows the fake windows that surround the tiki room right. I don't, okay maybe like there's some f- subtle background lighting in the corner but when all those lights drop they do the thunderstorm effect and I, what i assume is like tinsel sure right that's the moment where you feel the most transported to to someplace else Mm -hmm. which is why i love it so much it's like whoa i feel like we're not even at disneyland right now yeah um so it's like a it's like a complete perspective shift that being said i do find it strange that they immediately kick you out of the tiki room right after it happens and and they, like <laughs> they, they legit say you know it, it starts raining thunderstorm and they go oh like who left the shower running mm-hmm. and someone else says like oh the gods uh, are angered by all of the celebrating and then they're like okay well i guess no better time than now to get your out of here
1: yeah <laughs>
0: bye-bye like i know um there's a dangerous thunderstorm out here uh we've got electricity in the atmosphere but Bye-bye. Bye-bye yeah. now. Yeah, I, like, I think I'm going with the boulder. It's a more sophisticated effect. Tiki Room is great. Like I said, this is a very balanced bracket. I like the way that the Tiki Room feels. Uh, like a little brief respite from the madness that is the Disney park. So I have a lot of love for it, but not against the indeep boulder.
1: Yep. I And I also think that the Enchanted Tiki Room effect is something that is so easily replicated that I don't even associate that effect with Disney anymore. Like that rain effect is at basically every Tiki bar you go to, you go to Tiki Tom's and (laughs) want to They're doing the same exact thing, baby. (laughs) They're doing the same exact thing. We've seen it. We've seen it multiple times. So it's a a fun effect, but when it's up against the boulder in Indiana Jones, the thing that like scared me to death as a kid, death. Uh, it's so effective when it works. Uh, Nicola, Boulder moves on. I'm assuming that you're good with that.
2: A hundred percent. I will say the only benefit of the Tiki Room with effects and maybe just the ride in general is that the Dollop station is right there (laughs) at this point. I don't ever ride it. I think I've been on it like three times in my life and I go maybe two to three times a year. So the Tiki Room is really on the bottom of my list. So yes, Boulder all the way.
1: I think you got to go give that another spin. Yeah, what and, uh, the heck? <laughs> I think you may need to give that another spin. All right, next matchup. Number eight, it's the uh, the Roger Rabbit portable cartoon hole taking on Snow White's uh, witch transformation and the Enchanted Wish. And the Roger Rabbit effect, when I went on cartoon spin for the first time in like a decade probably on, on a recent trip, I was like... Whoa! This is good. <laughs> and then, like I forgot how smooth and how how effective this thing is. So you've gone through the entire attraction and uh, the the dip drenched room with the weasel pointing the dip machine nozzle at you, threatening to erase you forever. And out of the the corner of your eye, you see Roger who is stretching his arm out and he's like, "Hey, this way. Let's go ahead. I have an escape for you." And he has one of those big black holes that they use in the film and they use in cartoons all the time, like Wile E. Coyote, where you can then get transported out of that space and into another one. And his arm stretches out and places this massive hole on the wall. And I was like, dang, how did they do that? And when I tell you that I watched some of these uh, attraction videos to see how it's done, it gave me such a greater appreciation for this effect uh, when I did that. I'm going to share my screen really fast. I'm going to try to describe it. So Roger Rabbit has his hand on the big porthole thing. And what looks like space between the big portal and the wall is actually the wall being painted out of perspective of the viewer so that you can't tell that it's missing. In this freeze frame you can because you can kind of see up at the top and up at the bottom, you can see like where the the wall gets pushed in. But like, that is so good. Yeah. It is so good. Essentially, like this black hole looks like a black hole that he puts up against the wall. And it's just like such a fun way to end this absurdly chaotic ride with a, an incredible escape, a simple escape. Just just go through this and you're going to be back at the unloading dock. Like it just makes so much sense for Roger Rabbit. It's a part of the, the movie. Not in this way, but that's even better that they use it in this way to immerse us further. And then plus the design of it is just so smart. And it's just, I just was very, very impressed when I saw this because I was like, dang, this is, there's more to this. This is deeper. Roger Rabbit's got layers in this attraction. So I I adore, adore that effect. Let's talk about the witch transformation, Chris. (laughs) This is something that I remember in some of our very first like Disney fan conversations back in whatever, 2014, when we both discovered what big fans we were, this one stuck out to the both of us. We, we connected on this and just talking about how it's such a simple effect and yet it is so scary. It is so effective for the moment and it survived. The most recent transformation, like this is still a thing that happens. So after you leave the little dwarves mine, diamond mine, jewel mine, you encounter the witch in her castle and the dungeon of her castle, and she's switching over to the old hag. We've we've jumped so far into the film and she's looking in the mirror and you see her reflection. She looks normal. And when she spins around, she is the old hag. And for all you can like nothing has changed about the figure. It's on a little turntable. She just kind of turns around. But it is so good. They're obviously like they're projecting her face from the backside of the mirror. Like the head is lit from the backside. The collar of her cape is black. So it looks perfect. It's lined up perfectly on her. And the minute she starts turning around, it fades out. And so everything is the same. The rest of the body is the reflection. They could have done a screen right? That look like a mirror. And she's looking at like the same figure as herself. But then you, would, you wouldn't see the reflection of the swivel. But you see the reflection of the swivel. So it's realistic. It's believable. And there's no telling that that's going to happen. Like in any angle that you look at it, the head is blocked. You can't see the old hag head. You're like There's no hint that this is going to happen. And then it just happens. And it is just so good. And it's so simple. And it's really what Disney does well with those fantasy land rides. How can we just do something very quick, very easy that can last forever that we don't need to do a ton of maintenance on? And that's one of them to me. Like that is just such a such a great one. So this is a matchup of like really great Disney attraction effects for me. I'm gonna go actually with the Roger Rabbit one though, hmm. and I think that's probably a recency bias of me just rediscovering and being like, dang, that's good. And having my mind blown a little bit but i just really like how well that works uh, and it really allows the ride to end in a way that makes sense so i'm gonna go with the eight seed here
0: roger rabbit uh during those sort of like mid 2000s years was was always an attraction that i felt had kind of an inflated cue Mm. So I didn't really, I mean, I remember going on it when I was like little, but then I took like a Roger Rabbit hiatus for a very long (laughs) period of time. I need a break. Yeah. So, so I didn't really remember that this whole effect existed. And, uh, I was probably in college when I sort of got on it again. It was almost like experiencing it for the first time again. And, uh, the grand finale portable hole, I was, I was like, I'm too old to (laughs) have been tricked so bad by that. Yes. Uh, Because it's it's so like, yeah, like you said, it's so effective. Here's the thing, though. Oh. In my brain, the distance that he... Throws the hole against the wall is, is like a, th- <laughs> it's like three times the size of what it actually is. So, yeah. as I was going back and re watching some of these POV videos of the attraction, it really reminded me of the dinner party episode of The Office where Michael takes his plasma <laughs> screen TV and is like, Oh, yeah, see, like you need more people, pop it out, boom. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's Roger and his rabbit hole. Right here. Totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. So, right. (laughs) Both are great, you know, and both are practical effects, very simple illusions that impact the story of the ride in very memorable ways. I have to go with the witch transformation though. Mm. It's, it's such a visceral reaction when it happens, one of my very favorite things to do is ride Snow White with people that either haven't been on it in a really long time or had, have never been on it before. And and that's the part that is always like, oh, excuse me, that mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I just, there are so few sort of like natural experiences you get like that in, in the parks these days. So I love it. Which means Nicola, you're breaking a tie here.
2: As we were talking and looking at the bracket, this is the hardest one. I don't yeah. I think this is going to be the hardest one. Yeah. Not the finals. I think we're going to have a clear winner at the finals. <laughs> I think this is a yeah. really hard one cuz you're having two OG rides go up against each other with very classic effects that like was the base of Disneyland and have continued to be that foundation. I I'm going to go with my gut here and only because I have to ride this ride every time I go because it has more than just one effect that makes me ride it and that's going to be Snow White um they definitely change the ending of it with when they like everything's better the prince kisses her and it lights up and it's just I think I cried the first time I saw it like there's more effects in that ride that are worth writing the ride for and brings the package together to just elevate the OG ride. Yes, the Roger Rabbit Hole is really cool. I rode it recently and forgot how crazy because the queue is so long. But now if it's on Fast Pass, so you can totally get it and not wait in that long queue. But yeah, I'm going to go with Snow White. I'm there with Chris.
1: I was fully prepared for you to be like, and every time I go to the park, I have to go on Cartoon Spin. <laughs>
2: you know what i i think maybe the mickey mouse and mini railroad really gave you that uh sense but you just
1: spend your day in toontown you don't leave it you're like i just jump back and forth from cartoons vinn to railway
0: all right well the next matchup is going to be the number four seed rise of the resistance laser cannons mm. versus the number 13 seed the indiana jones collapsing bridge I mean, we could do a bracket of 16 Indiana Jones effects. Like this attraction is just like one crazy effect after the next one. Um, I might, I might, (laughs) you, you, you know, I love to make fun of the fact that this ride is closed so often or it's, you know, effects are turned off or whatever, but like, that's why is that if you close the ride every time one little thing didn't execute, this ride would never be open because it's just so complex and the timing of all of these elements, it's all interchangeable. It's like a giant Jenga tower where if, Mm -hmm. if one comes out, uh, the whole thing goes down, which is honestly true for Pfizer resistance. The other attraction about talk about as well, but, um, it seems to sort of, you know, stand out more in indie because a lot of the effects are sort of practical Uh, but something that I I might argue one of the more reliable effects in this ride is the collapsing bridge. And primarily because if my Disney fandom knowledge is correct, the bridge doesn't do anything. It's all, it's all the vehicle Mm -hmm. that, that sort of simulates the sensation of the bridge falling. And maybe the ropes along the bridge kind of like drop a little bit or something to, to make it feel that way. But man, it's, it, It is one of those that feels so realistic, you know, there's, there are those effects that you go, oh, that like, yeah, like that was kind of, kind of close to maybe what it would be like if that really happened. But that bridge collapse is legit. It is straight up like, oh, you you clench a little bit when that happens, (laughs) you know?
1: Yes. That's a great descriptor (laughs) for some of the greater effects in Disney parks is when they make you pause and when they make you clench. You yep. know, like, yep. am I gonna get out of the situation right now? I know I will, but it's so believable that I won't that I'm I'm a pucker up a little bit. Mm-mm.
0: And and one of the elements that make this more exciting, if the attraction is firing correctly, is that there's another Jeep sort of like <laughs> um the lights from the other jeep turn on and it's like you're not only are you about to fall off a bridge you're about to crash into an oncoming jeep which man it's just like the symphony that is indiana jones really uh hits its stride during this sort of moment Uh, so it's a simple one it's one that maybe you don't think about first when you think about indiana jones but i think it's so effective and so important and to me it's one of the more memorable ones honestly. Rise of the Resistance laser cannons. So I was able to get on Rise in 2021 soon after the parks reopened from their pandemic closure uh and I got to get on Rise I think twice this most recent time I got to go to so Disneyland this most recent time the cannons were not firing. Yep. The first time I did it they were firing from what I understand They've reached the point where they say, we're just going to put this thing in B mode. It's not worth it to have the attraction go down so often for a very good effect, but one that is also sort of like missable too.
1: Yeah. You know what's crazy is that I have a feeling there's a lot in Rise of the Resistance that we're going to talk about in, you know, five years from now. The same way that people talked about Indiana Jones and all of the uh, like day one effects that no longer work. There's a lot in Rise that I feel like they're they're going to have to put things in B mode. Kylo can't be spinning like a dancing queen and that be okay, you know? <laughs> like, and so the canons are an unfortunate byproduct of that for sure.
0: Yeah, Kylo getting yoinked into space every 15 <laughs> seconds. That, that feels like a lot for him.
1: Uh, you can't get yeeted that many times, you know?
0: Um, but when this thing is working, it is it is quite spectacular. Mm. And and it's all that really happens is like these cannons are sort of pushing out in your way and your car is moving sort of back and forth, not in a straight line, but like you'll go one forward and you'll go one back and then you go two forward and one back and then one forward. Um, so it feels kind of like, a natural way you might be trying to get around something like this. It's like frogger. Um, but, but the thing that's cool is how close you are to these giant moving set pieces. So nuts. Like you can reach out and touch them. And like, that's the part that feels so crazy about it is like, this feels like it shouldn't be allowed like this feels (laughs) i know they're supposed to like be pretending that we're in a dangerous situation this kind of feels actually dangerous yeah
1: i'm gonna get crushed in a second if this thing stalls i am crushed
0: like like you are literally blocked in by two cannons at one point like like that sense of um suspense and danger these things put that in you uh which is which is unique and then i mean both of these effects do that the collapsing bridge does the same thing so like we said it's that it's that clench it's that pucker mm-hmm. and so it's really hard because i really sort of like road rise for the first time being like everyone says it's such a good ride <laughs> i bet it's kind of stupid <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna like it very much uh and things like this effect really won me over. And I was like, wow, Disney does still know how to make a great ride. That feels really good. So so part of me really wants to give Rise the credit. But I mean, like this, it doesn't work. It's broke. Uh, so I have to go with this, the, the collapsing bridge by default, honestly.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I've only been on Rise once and it was the weekend after it opened on accident. We just happened to be at the park and we're able to get on it. And the one big takeaway outside of the like pre-show queue and the hologram of Ray and all that stuff was this cannon room because we had already seen the photos of the stormtrooper room. So it was mm-hmm. like, Meh, whatever, I'm going to see that. Yeah, it's spectacular, but it's been shared across the internet. What hadn't been was the experience of trying to dodge those massive cannons and they act like real guns. They go out. They shoot, they recoil back. And when they shoot, they flash green and green goes out the screen out into space. When it works, it is an incredible effect that is so believable and it is so fun to be a part of. But you're right. They're pretty much stationary now. Uh, and if you didn't get to experience them, you may, you may have just missed out. And that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so the collapsing bridge is something that does happen every time. Uh, so I agree with you. Indiana Jones collapsing bridge will move on Nicola any issues there
2: if the cannons worked I've had the fortunate pleasure of writing it when the cannons have worked multiple times when those cannons worked which I got to do for the first time I my mouth was open the whole time on that ride um My biggest shock on that ride were the AT-AT walkers, that room. Mm. Like, that's really where I, like, because I knew about the stormtroopers and everything. And I was just like, my jaw just dropped. Like, if those lasers work in a couple years, it'll beat out everything. Because there's no way you can be that close and feel so emerged into space without those lasers. But because they don't work anymore, I feel bad for anyone who hasn't ridden the ride when they did. Because it is a great time. Um, I agree, we're going to have to move Indiana Jones because that effect does work a little more often.
0: Do you have any sort of like insight into how difficult it is to keep things like that working? Because you mentioned your family member that like that's their whole job. Yeah, the
2: biggest thing with effects at Disneyland and what can untime them is basically what it is, is patrons like ourselves or guests of the park, as we call ourselves, not ingressing and egressing properly or fast enough, and the timing comes off. Mm. I went on indie I didn't want to say last year, I went on the ride, and I instantly knew it was going to be off <laughs> just by the timing of us <laughs> egressing and ingressing. I was like, "It's going to be this off." Egress is too slow, people. <laughs> Let's move. They were like buckling the seatbelt wrong. Someone wasn't doing it right. They were like had to re- have them rebuckle in like. Any ride that someone has to rebuckle in, it's all it's just gonna That's be it. a delay effect yep. multiple times and then it's just gonna keep going. That is one of the number one causes of effects not working is the guest.
0: Mm. Mm. Move move yourself, people. Yeah. <laughs> move
2: yourself, get in and out. I'm so efficient. My ears are in my thing. I pull them out, put them on right away before I'm even like off the ride, the backpack's out of my legs. It's already out, and I'm ready to unbuckle and stand up and go because I don't want to ruin the magic.
0: Um, I must start standing up and being like, our effects are gonna be untimed. (laughs) God,
2: damn (laughs) it!
1: And welcome to my
2: welcome to my world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about this next matchup: the number five Matterhorn Yetis that are gonna be taking on the number twelve Hatbox Ghost, straight out of the Haunted Mansion. The Yetis. This was another thing that Chris and I talked a ton about uh, when we were first diving into our fandom. Was how great that update to the Matterhorn was from a a, a Yeti perspective, and I'm going to consider the Yeti effect three effects here. It's there's three portions of it. You have you have the the climb Yeti, which are in the walls of the Matterhorn, and you can see the Yeti tracking your bobsled through these panes of of ice. And it snarls at you, it looks at you, and then it just runs uphill. And you're like, oh boy, here I go. I'm about to encounter this Yeti uh, somewhere on this mountain. The second Yeti, depending on what track, you kind of see them in different orders. But there's a Yeti that is poking its head out of a hole of ice. And it has both hands up and it's kind of just snarls at you. And then there's another Yeti that's in like a dark tunnel that takes a little bit of like a... uh an Obi-Wan like head fake at you, you know, like as you're going by, it looks like it's going to swipe, but it kind of just jukes you out and both move so well. And no, it's not because uh, we're zooming past them and we're going fast and so they can cut corners. You see any sort of like behind the scenes of these Yetis, smoothest looking animatronics, uh, possibly in in the parks, and they work constantly. I don't think I've been on this attraction, in which the Yetis aren't working and that's that's great news for the Matterhorn because honestly like if you go on this attraction for any other reason than like the internal theming with the Yeti you're just on a back-breaking adventure down a hill on a roller coaster it's like not enjoyable unless you do take those theming elements into consideration in my mind and some of the views of the park and stuff and the novelty of it all but like really that entertainment and enjoyment comes out of these yeti effects. What really just sets it apart from maybe any other animatronic is the setup. The way that we see him, small in the walls, like he's a little bit farther away, but we hear him climbing with us, that just sets that imagination going without the need for anything major. And I think Disney does that really well. What's what's the simplest way that we can start this story, tell this story, and then continue it on in seeing this Yeti multiple times? Like, it is a great effect. I love the, the Matterhorn Yeti a ton. The Hatbox Ghost is a troubled effect. Uh, this was what Disney thought they were. They, they thought they were doing some fan service with this thing. They thought that they were doing something. And and in reality, they did. It's cool. Uh, the Hatbox Ghost was a animatronic figure when the attraction first opened for like, I don't know, maybe a month. Uh, and then it seemingly went away. And it was the story that, oh, yeah, there used to be this Hatbox Ghost where the ghost's head would transport off his shoulders and into the hat box. And it was really cool. It was really great. But really, they couldn't get that effect right. We talked about this all in the Best Haunted Mansion Ghost episode. So You can go listen to that. But uh, they took it out because they couldn't make the effect actually work. Became a thing of legend. There was like one or two photos of it ever. There was like one very bad video of it ever. And then for Disneyland's uh, 50th, or maybe it was in that 2015 realm, probably the 2015 realm, they brought him back and they updated them. And so now it's an animatronic that has, you know, projection mapping from some sort of projector, probably internally, the face disappears and goes into a hat box. And it's really great and it's really effective. But when you plant it in the middle of this attraction that hasn't been updated for the past 54 years, uh, it just kind of feels out of place and unnecessary, especially where it is. Uh, and Chris always calls this out. So I'll do it before he does the sound effect that happens when that face goes into the hat box. It's just this like pixie dust whoosh. It's not a haunted whoosh. It's like a, and now I I'm a magician. I just sprinkled some magic on my head and Oh, look at me. I'm in the hat box. Like it's not, it's not spooky. It's actually more whims more whimsy, but in a, in a, magical way and i don't think that the haunted mansion is magical at all i think it's it's the spooky whiz uh whimsy not the magical whimsy but it's up against the yeti which is just like an incredible effect that really adds to the story of that attraction and really ties the mountain together the hatbox ghost is like if you know you know and at this point it's just like a and there's the better looking animatronic in this attraction so i'm gonna go with the yetis
0: Oh, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, I think, you know, sending a Haunted Mansion thing home is always something I have to think twice about. But I definitely, you know, like I said, have, have uh, or like you said, Kyle, have said my piece about Hatbox Ghost before. The, the thing for me is that it almost doesn't feel like an effect. Like if mm. it's just some like screens getting projected onto it, he's just an animatronic. He's not really an attraction effect. Hmm. Uh, and the uh, and so the yeti, like yeah, you could make the the uh argument that maybe the Yeti is not an effect. It's just an animatronic, but I think the effect is the way that you experience the Yeti. Like you said, you're you're barreling towards this thing, uh, and you're not quite sure if he's gonna scoop you. Uh, or or if you're gonna you know narrowly avoid him uh so i think i think there are multiple elements to the yeti effect whereas it feels like the hatbox ghost he's really just an animatronic at this point uh in in its previous incarnation it might have been an effect but they sort of cheated it to Mm. to just make it do the thing that they couldn't get it to do as a practical effect. So, um, I'm going to go with the Yeti as well. Uh, Nicola, do you have any love for the Hatbox Ghost by any chance?
2: I just wish it was tied in better to the ride. Kyle mm. mentioned he's just kind of there in the middle. And granted, they are making, I haven't watched the new movie that came out, but he's like a main character in this movie. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. <He is, laughs> <he is.
2: laughs> but like, I want him to be tied in more to the ride. And I know we have someone else on the bracket with a haunted mansion, but I really thought like, I think he needs to be tied into like the haunted mansion world a little more and not just be the singular thing. I would have gone with the Yetis and don't forget about the sound. Even when the mm. Yeti is not in the Matterhorn, like you don't see a version. There's so much sound of mm. him might being around the corner, which is also a nice sneak attack when you're riding the ride that hurts your back the most in the park.
0: Great. All right, let's move over to the other side of the bracket where we have the number two, seed, the burning village from pirates of the Caribbean versus the number 15 seed, the dive bubbles from finding Nemo submarine voyage. Look, grab it up. Look, grab it up. Look, look, one of these effects is one that you very clearly know how they do it. And one of these effects is one that is just so spectacular, magnificent. It takes your breath away every time. Uh, and I think we all know that the latter is the Finding Nemo submarine <laughs> bubble effect, right? Um, this, this, um, when I tell you this bubble thing from the original submarine voyage, this is what this, like my Disney fandom began with these bubbles. Oh my God. So I swear to God. I used to sit when I would go swimming in the pool and have my, my little nerd goggles on. I used to sit at the surface of the water and bat my bat, the surface of the water to create little bubbles, to replicate that experience. Oh my gosh. It's so simple, (laughs) but so effective. I sure. absolutely love it. Obviously, if you look at the attraction from above, you can very obviously see the bubbles uh-huh. uh, so you see, so you know how it <laughs> works, but Hey, we're talking about a burning village here when you're like, you're clearly like, that's obviously not fire. That's obviously some bed sheets with the, with the light sh- showing up on it. it? Is it is it basically a wacky inflatable tube man uh, <laughs> behind every single uh-huh. window in the village? Now, I will give I will give it some credit. It is a big scene. This this burning village scene in Pirate Caribbean. It's a big scene and it's in, an important one to the ride. It's it's sort of like a climax of sorts before you sort of drift off into the section that brings you up back to the real world. Um and so it's kind of like this is this is how it all ended with these pirates is they mm-hmm. burnt everything down. And they're cursed because they are jerks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so aesthetically, it looks great. But as an effect, I think it's it's almost like the Tiki Room one where like it's a little bit too simple for me. Um, so I'm going to go with the uh, submarine bubbles.
1: This is insane. This is blasphemy. And I know I'm going down, pun unintended, with this sinking ship because Nicola is celebrating that decision. But the bubbles don't—they—they don't work. That is not—that no, it it doesn't. Yes, if you go, you go through that first set of like we're going down, we're diving. The bubbles come up. You look out your porthole. You see the surface of the water. You're passing. Yes, you do. You're passing a buoy. Don't look at it. You pass. You don't look at it. You pass a buoy. Which why would you need to dive if the buoy is there? You pass a buoy that is obviously half out of the water and you're looking at it at the surface. The bubbles aren't effective. The only time that they are effective is like the second or third time it happens where he's like, we're going to go explore this cave. And like the bubbles happen and all of a sudden you're in a cave. Sure, I'll give you that. But otherwise they are not effective. You're in a shallow pool and you see it the entire time. The fire effect is effective. Because it does look like fire in a building that is supposed to be replicating a burnt down town. And then even as you continue that fire effect, you have the burning embers all around that do look like they are burning pieces of wood. Like it's not just the bed sheets; It is the pieces of wood that have also burnt down and are on fire. Like this is a very, very effective effect. That tells the story, ties it all together, makes it happen. The bubbles are bubbles and they're stupid. Burning Village should be moving on here. Nicola, we're going to you and I'm going to quit this podcast right now. And you are going to be the next guest host because I can't handle this.
2: I'm, I have to go with the bubble.
1: Oh, my God.
2: I need to just change your mind on the bubbles. So, yes, when you do the first dive... Have you ever thought that you're just starting like as a scuba diver? Like you're not going all the way down yet. That's how I see it. I'm like at the just gracing the surface where even when you do scuba dive, if you look up, you can see. Mm -hmm. But then the second dive, the bubbles come. It's telling you you're going deeper. So like the idea of the bubbles work.
1: Here's the thing. I'm in a submarine. I'm not a scuba diver. So if I'm in a submarine, I better be going down, 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 as the captain's telling me, not, okay, and now we're barely under the water, everybody.
2: I tried. I tried to show you how I imagine (laughs) it and how the bubbles are so magical to me. And you know what? When My first ride at the park and the ride that I always had to do when I was little, I had to see the mermaids. I was obsessed with Little Mermaid. And the submarine ride had the mermaid. I called it the mermaid ride. It wasn't the mermaid ride, but I went on it. And still to this day, the bubbles work. So Finding Nemo going through.
0: Let's go. Bubble it. gang. Bubble gang, gang, bubble gang, bubble gang. All
1: right. Next matchup. It's the number seven Eye of Mara that's taking on the number 10 pirate ship battle. So we're back at pirates. We're back at Indy. The Eye of Mara effect is right after you leave the loading station, you are... Going into the temple, and you're not supposed to make eye contact, but somebody in your transport vehicle has made eye contact. And Mara is going to try and tempt you with some sort of wish, gonna grant one of the only three wishes that apparently any person could ever have. Uh, The first being eternal youth, the other one is riches, and the other one is being able to see into the future. And so, depending on what version of the ride you get, depending on what effect is working that day, uh, you, you'll get a different room. And when this effect actually worked, it looked like you were going into a different room. Uh, your car would act like it's turning, the walls would shift so that a door would show up, uh, and you would go through one of the three doors. Now you always go through the center door. And so they make the, the projection effect work, but the overall effect is not what it initially was wanting to be. Regardless, you go through and it's almost like, you know, Mara can change what this room is. So let's go ahead and I can give, give Mara that. If you go through the, the future one, you're in the middle of like the galaxy. There's a lot of these little purple stars. If you look up at the ceiling, they get smaller and smaller. So it kind of looks like you're just in space. And when Mara realizes that you're looking into their eyes, uh, this kind of like lightning storm happens on the, the statue. And that's how you get sent off into your chaotic adventure. The, uh, the, the youth one is Mara has a bunch of flowers that grow around them. Uh, there's, it's very like water centric in the, the actual temple itself. There's like water reflection kind of lighting. It's blue. And then Mara's flowers start wilting uh, and she starts crumbling. Uh, the face actually begins to like fall apart. And that's where your chaos begins. And then the other one is the treasures. You enter the room is gold. Uh, And then it seems like Mara's head, who is, it's made of gold, seems to like overheat. It becomes very red. It becomes very almost rusted. uh, And then you head off on your adventure. So it's fun to have an effect in which you don't know what you're going to get each time unless you go twice in a day and get the same one. And which you can assume that this is probably an effect that is going to be for the entire day because the other ones aren't working. Or as Nicholas said, people aren't buckling in their seatbelts and now (laughs) we just got to run it in C mode. Everyone's getting treasure, baby. It's just a gold room. Off you go. So it's effective. It helps the story. Uh, we, We are told throughout the queue not to look into the eye of Mara. Somebody does and now chaos ensues. It's a great storytelling element and it's effective. Pirate ship battle uh you've gone through that scary cursed cave and now you've opened up into this massive room with a, a pirate ship and what is currently barbosa on it shooting at a fort uh and the cannon fires being returned from the fort none of the cannons seem to be hitting anybody Uh, they're all plunking into water yeah. and you see the the red hot cannonballs going into the water spelunking and up comes this massive splash of water. And I love this part. I mean, the, I mean, I love the attraction overall, but this part is so fun because there's no. it feels like there's no pattern to the explosions. Uh, it just kind of feels like, oh, where is it going to happen next? I've been on this ride a hundred times and I couldn't tell you exactly where, where each splash is. They just happen. And what makes this part feel really fun and immersive is that those splashes are massive. They go way over your head. Sometimes they splash you. You're in the attack. You can feel the effect, literally feel the effect as you're going through it. Uh, I like It's just so fun. Um, what I will say about it, though, is that as an adult in one of the boats, you're doing physics in your head. and You're like, okay, so if they're shooting a cannon, it's the Roger Rabbit thing. If they're shooting a cannon from right there, why is it only splashing about eight feet? me, how how weak are these cannons right now? <laughs> Granted, ride from 1967, so we we have to acknowledge that. But yes, of course, uh it's fun. It's fun no matter what. I don't know, man. I I think that this this is one where it's like the attraction that that sometimes works versus the attraction that always works versus the effect that's more impressive versus the effect that's not so much that impressive. I guess I'm I, I'll go indie here. I'm going to go Indie because that is a very memorable part of the attraction for me and one that I look forward to. I do look forward to seeing what room I get. I do look forward to seeing the room transform around me through projection mapping and trying to identify how it's done. And oftentimes I can't. Uh, I can't see where the, the light is coming up to make it look like reflecting water. I can't tell that the flowers around Mara are projected. It's just really effective when it works. And so I like that. The pirates one is cute. It's not as good as the, the burning village one, which we've already sent home. Uh, so I'm going to go with Indy. Indiana
0: Jones. Okay. As Uh a, as a franchise, uh, has gone off the rails. And, you know, when the whole thing started with Raiders of the lost Ark, and obviously, and honestly, like the entire first trilogy of Indiana Jones, I swear, I'm going to make this all make sense. Like, it it was very much focused on these like artifacts Mm -hmm. and and these, these mysterious things would happen that were obviously fantasy, but were just like a little bit believable enough that like, Hmm. Cause like you're talking about the Ark of the Covenant, like this is, this is old Testament stuff. Uh, you're talking about the Holy grail. This is more sort of like biblical, uh, roots to that one. Temple of Doom, you have this like tribal cult thing with these um, rocks. It, who knows? Black magic, mm-hmm. sorcery. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the fourth movie got off the rails with some alien stuff. The fifth movie, I, I from what I hear, there's time travel involved. Like it's mm. just, it's gone from this like quaint archaeology adventure series to this like epic franchise. Yeah. And so I really liked the original Eye of Mara because it felt like you are actually at an archaeological dig site. And you went into this real treasure chamber and then were cast into this fiery hell pit that is (laughs) the attraction. (laughs) And so this new version of Mara, this projection mapped Mara, it feels so overwhelming both in like, I don't know what to look at because I'm having trouble identifying what anything is in this room. Um, And also just like thematically, you're kind of like, what, like I'm, I'm in space right now. And then his face is like changing. I preferred the old one. It's simpler, not as sophisticated, but I thought it did the job of telling the story of the attraction better. The pirate ship battle is... Uh, yes, it has some weird physics issues going on, but what I love about it is the way that this these cannon fire geysers have the ability to reach out and touch you, in ways that a lot of attraction effects can't do. Like you get a little drip drop on your forearm, you get a little sprinkle on the back of your neck. You, like, ooh, I'm in this pirate battle right now. You got You get you get a little brimstone you get a little smell going on i mean this (laughs) is like a multi-sensory experience and there's so much to look at too like you you might have to go through this room three or four times before Uh. you can really make like clock everything that's happening in this battle so i'm going with pirates which means nicola you are breaking yet another tie in this bracket oh my gosh
2: so the pirate ship battle scared me as a kid because guess what I didn't know physics at that (laughs) time and I didn't know that if a cannon was going to be shot at me that it should go further than right next to me it took a really long time like probably until like my early like teens to realize that it was completely like never going to hit me but that Mm -hmm. ride always scared me like I would scoot in closer from into the boat and then Indy I go back and forth at this part of Indy because I don't know what I'm doing at some point. Yes, the old version. Like, I, I was always told not to look into the eyes. Like, even by my aunts when I first rode the ride, they, like, told me, like, don't look at the eyes when you get in there. I get that. But, like, now when you think about it as an effect, they've added so much to, like, understand to not look. Like, if you someone did look in the ride and, like, all of a sudden the eyes are starting to smoke out, And you see, like, someone, like, really made her angry. And then you go into the ride, and it's, like, you're going through Indiana Jones. Like, it's so, like, it sets up the ride for every other effect in the ride. Whether it's now three different rooms that you go into versus the original. And I know Pirate Ship Battle really scared me. But I don't think there's too much to the effect with Pirate. So I'm going to go with Indy. Kyle, I'm going to have to agree with you.
0: All right. The next matchup is the number three haunted mansion ballroom versus the number fourteen the reside the rise number fourteen <laughs> the rise of the resistance drop track. This one is so hard. Um, this drop track in rise resistance. Spoiler alert for rise of the resistance, but for ten minutes you're on a trackless dark ride, and then all of a sudden. You're in a motion simulator ride.
1: Yeah, crazy. Uh,
0: and and this, this drop track is what is what kicks it off. You're you know go into a little escape pod, and there's a little uh, projection going on with like you're underneath the ship. You're like, mm, okay, okay, movie watching screen, watching screen. Oh, shh. Mm-hmm. And you and you drop, and uh, the the squeal of delight. that so many people let out when that happens is just priceless every time yeah yeah and it's such a great way to end the ride because once that happens you just you get you get spit outside and you end up in the loading area it's like uh it 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 makes you leave the attraction feeling very like giddy uh, and like like titillated a little bit where you're like oh my god like that was so thrilling all of a sudden that was crazy and i just i think that it's so essential in the way that people think about rise of resistance because it's like okay we got great sets we got a great ride sequence but guess what we're gonna throw some thrills at you too uh, mm-hmm. and so it just it makes rise of resistance go from like an eight or a nine dark ride to just like a 10 out of 10 Disney attraction. Uh, so sure. I, I just I just love it so much. The Haunted Mansion Ballroom though, gang, this mm. is it. This is the OG, this is the effect of effects. This is the Pepper's ghost effect. This is just a piece of glass in a room reflecting some other lit up mannequins and, and that's it. Very, very simple. And it does such a good job creating that sort of eerie, ethereal, spooky vibe that you were talking about, Kyle, that is missing from the Hatbox Ghost mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I, if, if they ever change this ballroom scene in any way, I renounce my Disney fandom completely. And, I'm, and, and I'm, I'll be out there with a picket sign in Anaheim with the other people saying, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> you've, you've tainted the only thing in Disney that brings me joy. Uh, and it is the ballroom scene. It's got some, it's important to the lore of the attraction because it's the first time you're actually seeing the ghosts materialize. Mm-hmm. But it's also important to the lore of like the construction of the ride. Cause there's all these tales associated with how they had to the glass is so big; they had to build the ride around it. Gosh. Or like, th- there's the there's the little spider web in it because the little kid with the BB gun shot at it. <laughs> like th- yeah. there's there's urban legend associated with the effect itself, which is like, oh my gosh! And you got all of our little characters that we know and love in the ballroom. It just it's just so perfect, so easy. Uh, but I, I cannot imagine any other way that they could do this effect. And I absolutely love it. I'm moving the ballroom scene on for sure.
1: And for those who like don't quite know how it's done, those figures are underneath you. And then there's a pane of glass that's about four feet in front of you. And so they light up the figures underneath you. And the reflection in the glass makes it look, sl- look like it's in the in the room. Uh, that you're looking at. And so they're all just perfectly lined up to be reflected onto the chandelier, which those people are above us, but onto the the birthday table, onto the ballroom floor, onto the uh, the massive, it's not called a piano, it's called an organ, the massive organ. Uh, so it's really impressive uh, in the way that they're able to execute it. It's also technology from the 1800s. This isn't the first time that Pepper's Ghost has ever happened. Uh, and this effect existed well before the Haunted Mansion did. Also, I think that, yes, it's a, it's a, an effect that works for the mansion in its especially in its current state because we know the mansion as this kind of like silly, whimsy visual experience. But what really, I think, makes the mansion the mansion is that kind of the story that is being told as you're going through it. And so it's not necessarily the effects that are like, this is the story. It is the story and that are being... Uh, reinforced by these primitive effects that work enough, but you also know like I'm on this ride from over 50 years ago. But the better effect is the drop track. You, you're you being put into an escape pod into a, a motion simulator that is similar a, as you've been in a transport car, a trackless car for the entire trip. You drive into a motion simulator Into an elevator shaft that's on an elevator shaft similar to the Tower of Terror that then pulls you down. And as you get pulled down, the motion simulator is moving you so that you feel almost like uh, you're hitting zero G's. You're just out here floating because the thing's moving with the screen as if your escape pod just got dropped into space. And then you zoom off. This is incredible. And what makes it even more effective is that when the escape pod lands, you back out and all of a sudden, You've landed on a planet after being in space for the last 15 minutes. Like it is the most believable. It is the, the best storytelling element in this matchup. It is the one that really convinces you that what you just experienced was not only real, but what you just said, Chris, is so memorable that it's going to make you want to ride this thing again and again. So I'm going to go with the drop track from Rise, which means Nicola's breaking a tie.
2: You guys are making this job super difficult today. You're, this is old Disney versus like the new technology Disney. Yep. And sometimes like like the tradition of Haunted Mansion, like Chris even forgot, like it transforms in Christmas. And in that room, they put the effect of gingerbreads in there. Sure. Like that's a something that they added probably after Soren over California and World. Like they added that effect to it. Um but I am going to go with rise on the drop and agree with Kyle because too many memories already on this ride but it is an effect. It's not just the ride. Like you are going now you're you're off of the star destroyer and you're now in your own pod like going through space and looking through like a video, and you are part of Star Wars. I took my grandma on it. She's eighty-seven for her eighty-seventh <laughs> oh, birthday. Oh, <no. laughs> she did not know it was coming. We told her like something scary is going to happen. My sister was filming her. We hold at, like we held on to her and then dropped, and her eyes were just like out of this world. And I'll never forget how the effect affected even my eighty-seven-year-old nona. <laughs> oh
1: man, uh, grandma was free falling into space. <laughs> Never thought she'd see the day. <laughs> <What? laughs> Alright, final matchup here in this round of 16. Let's get after it. It is the, the number six, the singing bus that are going to be taking on number 11, Peter Pan's flight over London. When that London scene happens, uh, you you fly out of, out of uh, Wendy and, and Lil Boy's window and you're all of a sudden over the streets of London. And it is this massive room that you are soaring over in your little pirate ship that looks like the streets of London lit up at night. You have all the streets that are lined with little yellow lights that are the street lights uh, on some of the major roads you have traffic so you have red lights going one way, a yellow lights going the other uh, as if as if cars are traveling past it. And I tried to be so annoying with this one. And I was like, okay, what time period does Peter Pan take place? Because I don't quite remember cars in uh, the, the film itself. I couldn't determine it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to suspend belief and assume that this happens when cars are around. You just never know with these films. So it matches. It's fine. Everything's great. And it's really, it's really believable for the, the ride. It was just such a, a simple way of just lighting up some lights. Making them move very simply, indicating cars with just little dots that add to the magic of that attraction. It's up against a singing bus, which is one, a technology and an effect that I will always kind of treasure when it comes to Disney, because it feels like an effect that they were really on the forefront of. And that's that projection mapping. They tried it all over the place in the Haunted Mansion. They tried it with Leota. It never really quite worked until we get closer to modern day. But the one place it did work was on the singing busts. And it worked because they were able to strap in these performers' heads into these little harnesses, keeping them completely still so that they can just project them onto these busts, which works because these are marble busts. So like these heads aren't going to be moving. They're going to be static. They're going to be still. And you're going to have a lot of acting in the face to make it look like they're giving them life and it is performed perfectly. The singing bus performances are exquisite. They are perfect, and they haven't changed. It's the same performance. They transferred it over to digital. They made it updated to the tech, but it's the same thing. And that is what makes these Disney effects so good, is when they can last the test of time. Next round, we're going to be talking about many effects that didn't last the test of time, and they're probably going to fall off this bracket. But one that lasts the test of time, is convincing through and through, has made it into one of the two haunted mansion movies. Is this singing bust effect?
0: I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't tempted. Uh, I think that's it to sure. move the Peter Pan's flight over London along here, just because I really love that room. Yeah. The the, the sensation totally. of flight. It, it's so unique for it for you know, this dark ride experience. Uh, and it's really highlighted as you fly over London, great use of the forced perspective and all those lights and black lights and stuff that you're talking about, Kyle. Um, I think something that's essential to the theme of the ride and of Peter Pan, the movie is this idea of dreams and dreaming and things happening at night. And so flying over this flight over London really is the thing that sort of puts you in that headspace as you begin sort of your journey on this ride, but man, Peter, Peter fan. I'm a fan of Peter Pan. (laughs) Uh, To be honest, I I think one of my first memories as a brain was (laughs) Peter Pan, the ride. I must've been like two years old. Uh Swear to God. uh, I have memory of sort of like flying in this attraction. So I will always have a special place in my heart for, any any of the set pieces in in the Peter Pan ride. But I am with you. I'm going to move the singing busts on. We talked about in the Haunted Mansion Best Ghost Bracket that these singing busts are really a linchpin for so many elements of the Haunted Mansion. It, you've got the song. You've got the tech. You've got, like you said, the spookiness. You've got the the notable Disney face in Thor Ravenscroft. So... Uh, I just I like everything about it. So I'm with you. Nicola, do you think you would have moved the bus on as well here?
2: Yeah, I called it in the beginning saying, I think these guys are going to go far because of <laughs> the reasons that you said. And I'm, I love Peter Pan's flight. I love the ride. Although, you know, jerky going into the room and coming out, but then like the London scene is nice and smooth and you feel like you're really flying over London. It is. I feel like it's cardboard down there with just LED lights and some, maybe even some like highlighter paint sometimes. I feel like they could really like update the effect on it. But regardless, it's still one of my favorite rides. I will always do that ride when I go there. But this is an effects round. And I think those singing busts are actually going to go pretty far. So, yes, I would have moved them as well.
1: Alright, next time it's Elite 8 time and we're going to be talking about the number 1 Indiana Jones Boulder taking on the number 9 Snow White Witch Transformation. The number 13 Indiana Jones Bridge Effect is going to take on the number 5 Matterhorn Yetis. The 15 Nemo's Hot Bucks Dumb Bubbles are going to be taking on the number 7 Eye of Mara from Indiana Jones and the number 14 Rise of the Resistance Escape Pod Drop is taking on the six Mansion Singing Busts. Nicola, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for lending your expertise, dropping some fun facts. Uh, we can't wait to hear more of those next time. Uh, and we look forward to to speaking with you again.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys
1: all right everyone you know how to reach us if you got
0: something to say about these disneyland attraction effects send us an email at mouse at gmail.com or hit us up on social media we are on instagram and we also have a discord that is super fun if you'd like to support us on patreon you can head over to patreon.com slash mouse madness and join us at the five dollar level by becoming a member of jerry's gang as kyle said we've got trivia coming up soon so we would love to have you there As Poe says in Rise of Resistance, folks, the Grounds crew will meet you outside the wreck.